Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. The idea of awakening the people is a perennial chestnut of pro-American and pro-white political efforts, from paleoconservative birchers to racialists of almost every stripe. Awaken the American people, or awaken white people to their peril, and all will follow from that. Our people slumber amidst a haze of media lies, so certainly awakening is necessary. But equally certainly, all does not follow from that. The proper foundation has not been laid. The people themselves are deeply corrupted and deeply compromised, and have been for centuries. The foundation they once had decades ago was pretty poor to begin with and has now been uprooted and all but destroyed. The people are, for the most part, totally incapable of drawing the necessary conclusions and taking the right course of action, even when presented with the relevant facts. Convincing them that their race is about to disappear from the face of the earth as a result of a conscious and intentional program of genocide will motivate quite a few to raise their heads momentarily from the feed troughs that lead to the slaughterhouse. But only the most perceptive, noble, and exceptional individuals will break away from the trough and try to start a stampede. The rest are so boxed in by conformity and by belief systems imposed upon them in their youth that they are paralyzed. Those who do not try to bite your head off upon hearing your words as they have been trained to do by their owners will raise their heads for a moment and perhaps even acknowledge that you are right in all you say, but knowing in their hearts that nothing can be done without violating the only morality they have known all their lives, they soon lower their heads and resume feeding on their gruel as inch by inch they approach the men with the clubs and sharpened blades. And those exceptional few who are willing to try and start a stampede among their fellows, what of them? They are divided as to motives and to values, and they are a real mixed bag when it comes to personal qualities. Some are men who would be rebels no matter what society they might inhabit. They are antisocial. It is in their blood. They hate the illegitimate authority which rules us, true but they would hate and oppose any authority, even the legitimate state authority we need to survive as a people. Some of them would join the Bolsheviks this afternoon if they thought that that would give them the best chance to start slitting throats by dinner time. Their way leads to chaos and anarchy, and an anarchic stampede is easily contained by the butchers. Some are men who idealize the past. They look at 1950s America, or perhaps in extreme cases, they look at 1850s America, or just the South, and see a healthier society, 
a more natural society, and a path being taken by society that did not lead directly to our extinction. On those points, they are absolutely right. And they want us to return to that path, to that past, by embracing the old-time religion of that period, by rejecting a good deal of the scientific knowledge that undermined that religion, and by rewinding the clock in terms of mores and traditions and constitutional law and even demographics, they believe we can secure our survival. But this way leads nowhere. What these men want to do has never been done in history. The past has never been revived and cannot be revived. The conditions that led to that former society, whether it be Jacksonian America or Eisenhower's America, were unique and can never be consciously repeated or replicated. And much of the relative racial health of those periods existed in spite of those era's prevailing beliefs, not because of them. No, the arrow of time points in only one direction, forward. We know so much more about the nature of life and the universe now. Our understanding of our place in that universe and the urgent tasks we must soon accomplish or perish utterly is so far beyond what our grandfathers knew that even comparison is difficult. Trying to replicate a Beaver Cleaver America or a Jefferson Davis Dixieland is not only impossible and a waste of time, but even if we were successful, we would be on a collision course with cosmic destiny armed only with the stunted understanding of a sheltered Sunday school child. And as every Sunday school child knows, the Jews are God's chosen people. These former eras contained the seeds of their own destruction, especially insofar as their prevailing belief systems morally disarmed us in the face of our most determined and united enemy, organized Jewry. Others among the would-be stampeders are men who want a society much like the one we have now, with all the atomized anonymous individualism, with all the loose, sterile sexuality and pornography, with all the crude, money-based status-seeking and all the rest of it, but just without Jews and other non-whites spoiling the scenery and getting in the way. They imagine that men motivated by quick profit will see more such profit in opposing the Jews and saving their race, even though the Jews have a near monopoly on money and the carrot-and-stick motivation that that implies. They imagine that men motivated by this moment's pleasure will see more such pleasure in a prolonged struggle and sacrifice for the great goal of racial self-determination. Their dream is even more foolish than the dreams of those who want to return to the past. 
To imagine that such shallow, self-indulgent men could make history, could guide a new nation on a new path, is ludicrous. Such men cannot even guide themselves along any path but that of this moment's maximum enjoyment, a path marked out for them by their deadly enemies, who, unlike themselves, know exactly what they are doing. Now, I believe that if we do secure a future for our race, a new consciousness, a new order, a new people, as William Pierce put it, we will be incomparably richer than we are today. We will be incomparably more secure and happy than we were in the bright and optimistic sunshine of pre-1965 America. And that we will be more free, by far, than even a victorious confederacy or John Galt utopia might have been. But the men and women who will bring that about have far greater things than happiness and money or even personal freedom to motivate them. For this is what makes the men and women of the National Alliance different from others with similar concerns. We have eternity on our minds instead of next week or next year. We are motivated by what our race will become in a thousand years instead of by the inconveniences we may be experiencing now. We have learned the meaning of our lives in this universe. We live to bring a great future, a whole new world, a whole new way of life into being, a future unlike anything that has gone before, though we have seen hints of it in the great achievements and advanced societies of the past. When he was on his deathbed in 2002, William Pierce spoke to a small gathering of his friends and colleagues about the purpose of the National Alliance. The Alliance, he said, must be more like a holy order than a political organization. Its leaders must have their sights set on eternity, that is, on the path of the upward evolution of our race. Upward evolution toward higher consciousness, Dr. Pierce told us, is the purpose not only of our lives, and not only even of all life, but of the entire universe, past and present, living and non-living. By basing our morality on that cosmotheist principle, it is the greatest sin imaginable to allow our race to devolve, whether it devolves through soft, indulgent living or through mixture with blacks or mestizos. It is an act of evil beyond description to allow the most advanced race ever known on planet Earth, the race of Pythagoras, the race of Darwin, the race of Crick and Watson, to cease to exist. A man or woman imbued with cosmotheist principles must, with every fiber of his or her being, oppose such evils. And no one who comes to that National Alliance member and says, 
I am of the people of the book, or I am one of Yahweh's chosen, or I, like Jesus, am of the lineage of David, will get any reverence or special consideration, whatever. Come to that National Alliance member and say, the God of the Bible says we must bless Israel to be saved. Or come to that National Alliance member and say, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. And be prepared to be laughed off the stage. The man or woman imbued with our principles is immune to such psychological tricks and mental short circuits. Tell a National Alliance member that we have a duty to fight for democracy in some country the Jews want to take over this week, and he'll haul you off to the insane asylum where you belong. Ask a National Alliance member to give money to breed more Africans in Kinshasa or Kansas City, and he'll tell you he's already tithing to ensure that higher man is born on this earth, and anything that eats the food or consumes the energy that higher man's ancestors need to survive and prosper doesn't deserve his help. Thus can our fundamental cosmotheist principles sort out every question of ethics and morality. National Alliance members have broken free of the hypnotic trance that holds most of our people in thrall to evil. And without breaking free of that hypnotic trance, all the awakening done so far by the racial right is so much wasted effort. By working for the future existence of higher man, the men and women of the National Alliance are opposing the unthinking majority. We are also opposing the self-styled Jewish elite who would rule us. But we are not alone. Shouted down, but not silenced, a substantial number of advanced thinkers already know that upward evolution on a racial basis is the way forward. This pro-white, pro-eugenics current of thought was a dominant current of thought in the West before World War II and the accession to power of the Jews, and it has never been fully suppressed. And in fact, it cannot be suppressed without suppressing evolutionary science and the science of genetics itself, something that isn't going to happen. Cosmotheism is the basis of the philosophy of the National Alliance, but it should not be thought of as being encompassed by a single organization, great and necessary as that organization may be. It is a conception of life, out of which organizations, great causes, mighty efforts, and new understandings will arise. By reaching out to authors, scientists, philosophers, and forward-thinking young people who show signs of understanding, we will find adherents already more than half prepared for our ideas. The cosmotheist idea is greater than any man or any organization. It will take shape as a mass movement whose masses will at first coalesce only among the rarefied ranks of elite 
and scientific thinkers, and will only later spawn true mass movements, wherein our race's natural leaders will find ways to inspire millions with the distilled essence of our truth. Our idea is the foundation our people currently lack. Awakening to the real meaning of life and the universe must precede awakening to our race's plight, if we want real, permanent solutions. So there are two awakenings needed. The religious impulse in man, and especially in our people, is a fundamentally good and necessary impulse. Who has not felt that he was a part of something inexpressibly greater than himself when looking at the glittering path of the Milky Way on a summer night, or looking at the micro-universe of a living cell through the lens of a microscope? And who has not been made a better man by such humbling experiences? But our religious impulse has been perverted first by a self-interested priestly class who found the primitive alien creed of the Jews' tribal god useful for their crass purposes, and now by that tribe themselves, as they find us now to be ideal victims today, made helpless by our acceptance of their creed and our worship of their imaginary god. Cosmotheism severs this symbiotic parasite-host relationship at the root. We are awakening from these illusions and reclaiming religion, reclaiming God, and returning to the path of our people's true spirituality. All serious persons now know that there was no six-day creation of the world. Not 6,000 years ago, not ever. The truth is far deeper, far more spiritually satisfying and awe-inspiring than that phony account. There was no capital C creation, but as H.G. Wells put it, eternally there is creation. Eternally there is evolution, and upward evolution to higher and higher levels of understanding is the essence of the real creation. And we have now reached a threshold, more important than that represented by the first amphibians who walked upon the land, the threshold of being able to direct our own evolution. Life as we know it, is but the merest beginning of what is to be. We now know that we are a part of a greater being, a being which lived before any of us were ever born and which will survive long after our individual deaths. Our lives are part of a greater racial immortality, compared to which all the Hebrew tales of life after death and heaven are nonsense, unworthy even of a child's nursery. A new elite among our race are now ready to hear that truth and act upon it.
It is our duty as members of the National Alliance to reach all potential members of that new elite with our words of truth and hope. The future of life in the universe depends upon what we do now. You've been listening to American Dissident Voices, the radio program of the National Alliance, founded by William Luther Pierce in 1970. This program is published every week at whitebiocentrism.com and nationalvanguard.org. You can join and support us by visiting natall.com, that's N-A-T-A-L-L.com, or Write to National Alliance, Box 172, Laurel Bloomery, Tennessee, 37680, USA. We welcome your support, your inquiries, and your help in spreading our message of hope to our people. Once again, that address is Box 172, Laurel Bloomery, Tennessee, 37680, USA. Until next week, this is Kevin Alfred Strom reminding you to do right and fear no one.
For blood and for soil we will work, we will toil. Heaven is born on the earth. The heroes arise as we shout to the skies. We will now have our rebirth. For blood and for soil we will work, we will toil. Heaven is born on the earth. The heroes arise as we shout to the skies. Shout.